exactly what to do There's nothing good playing on your TV something fun to say and if you don't like it you can get the fuck away point counterpoint hello everybody i am chris wright and i'm the host of this fabulous podcast point counterpoint brought to you by kust university st thomas campus radio and also anchor.fm which I, I normally never mention Anchor during the show itself. I save that for the very beginning when I do that little shout out. But I wanted to do something different today. But I got so I got a new section of the show today. And what I wanted to talk about is some questions that were posed by you, the people. First, let me just look something up here. Okay. So, I wanted to get to the questions first, just to make sure that I had time, because I'm starting a little bit later than usual. All right, let's start out with my favorite question, as soon as I pull this up here. All right, there, there's some really good questions here. All right. All right. Which question should I do? Okay. Let's do this one. Which dead U.S. president would you have wanted to come on the podcast? That one's from Jimmy Mayer. Ooh, I could think of a number of them. Um... Well, Ulysses S. Grant would be a really would be an important one, I think, at least for me. I like Grant. He's one of the most underrated presidents. He's done he did a whole bunch for civil rights. He took on the Ku Klux Klan. Um Yeah, he is yeah, also great general. Helped helped us win the war. I'm a big fan of Grant. Uh, though that's one of them. Who else would I choose? Um, hmm. Harry Truman. That's a very interesting person. Very interesting. Had some, had some good quotes. Actually, I'm going to look up Harry Truman quotes because he had really good ones. I know a couple off the top of my head here, um, like um, when he's choosing, when b- before dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, he said, I don't know if you pray, boys, but pray for me now, or something like that. Um, another quote he said, whoops, I just typed in Harry quotes. That just brought me to Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't need that. Okay. Um, the other one was... Uh, you know, the buck stops here. That's a pretty classic one. He coined that. Okay. Here's one that he says. An honest public servant can't become rich in po- politics. He can only attain greatness and satisfaction by service. Not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Okay, and also, let me just remind you um, of a quote from Abraham Lincoln when he said, uh, don't believe a quote that you see on the internet just because it comes with a little photo of the person that said it there. (laughs) Okay. But another Terry German, uh, the health of American children, like their education, should be recognized as a definite public responsibility. I'm just going through quotes right here. I'm just reading them. Uh, It is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not take, if you do not care who gets the credit. That's true. 
A lot of people spend so much time trying to protect themselves from someone stealing their work, and they they don't get anything done. Yeah, yeah, like uh, there's Tesla. Nikola Tesla is a good example. He worked really hard, and he got ripped off a lot of the time. I mean, it was partly because he was just a really bad businessman. He was really bad. It's kind of, it's to the point, it's a little sad. But Edison was a better businessman. And, you know, Westinghouse ripped off Tesla. Uh, it brings me back to the joke. Uh, if you if you stole a Tesla, would it be called an Edison? Nah. <laughs> uh, um, I don't believe in I don't believe in anti anything. A man has to have a program. You have to be for something. Otherwise, you will never get anywhere. Um, we read a lot of biographies of successful people and found that they all have one thing in common. They all achieve their goal through di diligent work, indomitable energy, and unquenchable enthusiasm. Oh, here's a good one. I never did I never did give anybody hell. I just told the truth and they thought it was hell. I like Harry Truman. Uh The book stops here, obviously. America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. Men make history, and not the other way around. In periods where, th where there is no leadership, society stands still. Progress occurs when courageous, skillful leaders seize the opportunity to change things for the better. You know that being an American is more than a matter of where your parents came from. It is a belief that all men are created free and equal, and that everyone deserves an even break. Here's another one. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has the only way to... It is only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. If you can't confuse them, convince, convince them, confuse them. Always be sincere, even if you don't mean it. A pessimist is one who makes difficulties of his opportunities, and an optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. Where's that one? My father was not a failure. After all, he was the father of a president of the United States. Oh, here's a really good one. Carry the battle to them. Don't let them bring it to you. Put them on the defensive and don't ever apologize for anything. That's that's one for the book. That's one to remember right there. I've seen that one before, by the way. Um, uh... Or is it? There we go. Term limits would cure both senility and seniority, both terrible legislative diseases. <laughs> okay, enough on which president I would choose. Um, next one. What about Joe Biden makes him inspiring to voters? Okay, well, I like to 
mention all of his great speeches, you know. Um, in fact, there was just a recent one that I thought was pretty funny. All right. All right. Uh, there we go. For all of those you've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Just days ago, the press and the pundits have declared this candidacy dead. Now, thanks to all of you, the heart of the Democratic Party, we just won and we've won big because of you. And we are very much alive. Well, that's a good thing. At least he's alive. <laughs> he, he claims. Even though he's literally just a, a dead man walking. That's the Trevor Noah joke. <laughs> where he's... Where he's like, what? <laughs> At least, why should why should we even expect? I mean, it's a good thing that he's alive, but like, why should he have to say that? He's <laughs> a good joke. This is the moment to choose the path forward for our for for our party. This is the moment, and it's arrived. Maybe sooner than anyone guessed it would, but it's here. And the decisions Democrats make all across America in the next few days will determine what this party stands for, what we believe, and what we'll get done. If Democrats nominate me, I believe we can beat Donald Trump. Wait for it. We need to build on the coalition and legacy Wait for of the it. most successful president in our lifetime, Barack Obama. Wait Winning for means it. uniting America, not sowing more division and anger. It means not only fighting, but healing the country. We have to beat Donald Trump and the Republican Party, but here's the deal. We can't become like them. We can't become like them. We can't have an ever-ending war. Above all, it's time for America to get back. For all of those of you. Yeah, that wasn't the one. Uh, here it is. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. All men and women created by. Go, you know the you know the thing. Skoda, simply clever. <laughs> Men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. By go, you know the you know the. By go, you know the you know the thing. Go, you know the you know the thing. Let's see if anybody's made a remix of that yet. Someone will eventually. Here's a oh here's a. All right, let's. <laughs> Remix. All right, well, anyway. Uh, back to the question, the original question. Uh, what about Joe Biden makes him inspiring to voters? <laughs> well, um. I don't think it's so much that he's that he's seen as inspiring to voters so much. It's more that people look at their options and it's either Donald Trump or it's Joe Biden. It's like, well, here's Donald Trump and he says whatever the fuck he wants. And it's annoying. And you don't know what he's going to say. It's weird. And then there's Joe Biden where it's like he's about the least threatening human being imaginable. He's like a, a dry piece of toast. With dentures that fall out. <laughs> it's it's sleepy Joe Biden. Super non threatening. <laughs> Whereas Donald Trump is very threatening, obviously. Um that's kind of part of 
the reason that pe- some people like him. And Joe, Joe Biden is like people are like, well, I, I don't like Joe Biden, but you know, at least he's at least he's not gonna really do anything too drastic. And the and these same people, um, that's the that's the reason that they don't like Bernie Sanders because he's obviously threatening in a different way than Donald Trump. Because like he's he's very unpopular with older voters as a general rule. Is my, I do, I'm not very popular with the older generation, but I am building a movement amongst the Bernie Bros. <laughs> and people are like, well. There's Donald Trump, and I don't like him, and there's Bernie Sanders, and he's crazy too. And then there's Joe Biden, and he's just sleepy, and he's not very threatening. And it's like, yeah, that's why people like him. Okay, next question. Um, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Well, that depends on if you're using your standard metric wood. Your standard metric chuck, or uh, your English system chuck, and that, it's an important question, I believe. Um, but for, before I answer it, I want to see what other people are saying, and then I'll. All right, New York State wildlife expert Richard Thomas found that a woodchuck could and does chuck around 35 cubic feet of dirt in the course of digging a burrow. Thomas reasoned that if a woodchuck could chuck wood and he would chuck an amount <laughs> he would chuck an amount of equivalent to the weight of the dirt or 700 pounds. <laughs> but then uh, I'm not sure about the conversion to to chucks. People just don't use. People just don't use the chuck anymore. It's it's old news, you know. So, let's see. We've had Jimmy's question. We've had Tanner Sether's question on uh, Joe Biden. We've had Lucas Pearson's question on woodchucks. Uh, here's Veronica Friend's question on if the podcast were an animal, what animal would it be? Hmm. Well, the easy answer is woodchuck, just because I've been talking about it. But that's not true. It's it wouldn't be a woodchuck. Um, hmm. Could be a a fucking chimp. But badasses, man. They'll, they'll tear your arm off. Just rip your fucking face off. Uh or the honey badger. They're fun. Um, what what else might it be? It could be. Hmm. This is actually tough. Um. What animal would it be? Goats are cool. I like goats. Maybe a goat. Or pigeon. I like pigeons too. I've talked about pigeons a lot on the show before. Um, Who's Roque de la Fuente? And will he one day take over the world? Michael House's question. He's been on the show a couple weeks ago. And previous to that as well. Um, Well... Let me first tell you who Roque de la Fuente is. I'll tell you. I don't really know much about him either. Let's see. He's he's from San Diego, California. Um, let's see. Political party. He was in the American Delta Party in 2016. He's, he's also in the Reform Party in 2016. Then he was in the Democratic Party 2016-2017. Now he's in the Republican Party, 2018-2020, of course. Um, but apparently he was also trying to get the Democratic nomination for some reason this year, so I don't know what's going on with his beliefs. 
Okay, so the American Delta Party, he is what he founded it as a vehicle to continue his campaign into the general election as a third party candidate. This was 2016. He was nominated as the party's presidential nominee. His running mate was Michael Steinberg of Florida. On August 8, 2016, De La Fuente was named as the presidential nominee of the Reform Party. Uh, American Delta Party held its national convention on September 1st, 2016 in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania and nominated Rocky De La Fuente to run the United States presidential election representing his party. De La Fuente chose Michael Steinberg as... I I don't know why it read everything... did everything twice there for some reason. I guess because he was getting that same vice president when he went to the other party there. That's weird. Let's see. So he's a Mexican-American businessman and perennial candidate. Uh, De La Fuente was a nominee of both the Reform Party and a self-created American Delta Party for President of the United States. I already said that in 2016. That year, he was also an unsuccessful candidate in the Democratic primary for the United States Senator from Florida and for Democratic presidential nomination. During the 2018 elections, De La Fuente was on the ballot in nine state primaries for the United States Senate, all of which he lost. He campaigned as a critic of President Donald Trump's immigration policies. In 2020, he is running for the Republican nomination in the presidential election and lost the primary for the U.S. House of Representatives representing California's 21st district. Uh, Let's see if I can find some of his beliefs here. I'm not really seeing them here. Ballotpedia. All right. That didn't help. Hmm. All right. Um, let's try to find his website here. Rocky101.com slash en underscore us slash en. Issues. All right. Healthcare. We must focus on the... Th- Which voice do I want to do this in? Um, how about... Uh, hmm... I'll do this in a Bill Clinton. We must focus on the three original goals of health care reform. Lower costs, maintain or improve quality, and open access. The ACA, Affordable Care Act, was also, was only successful at achieving partial open access, mostly due to the political nature of the law. While there have been sig- I'm t- tired of doing that. While there have been, been significant gains made in this area, there is still more work to be done. Moreover, by addressing accessibility within the addressing cost and quality, there will be ma- still massive gaps in coverage. We must readdress health care reform in a way that addresses cost and quality alongside access. For example, sustainable substantive reform needs to be incorporated. Okay. Health care. Immigration. We need comprehensive immigration reform that views undocumented workers as assets rather than liabilities. It is not logical to suggest that we can deport 13 million immigrants in a way that would be deemed fair. It is just illogical to to suggest that we could deport the small percentage of undocumented immigrants who have committed felonies. We can secure our borders without abandoning the values upon which our nation was built. The first step in doing so begins with admission and acknowledgement of our current immigration system and its ineffectiveness. We must then create a more intelligent, uh, effective, and efficient way of welcoming immigrants to our borders by providing them with a clear path to attaining citizenship. Uh, Jobs in the economy. Boring. Education. I would like to create an environment that that truthfully supports the concept of equal opportunity as opposed to just paying lip service to it. I would also like to see, see us find a way to finance education for those who need such assistance. We have created economic barriers in our uh, upper educational system that make it cost prohibitive for some of the individuals to pursue their dreams. This discourages proud leaders and it also prevents our country from enjoying the full range of talent that our citizens have to offer. Environment. 
We need to orchestrate an intelligent approach to uh, approach to approach our energy and environmental issues. They need to be considered as one rather than treated as if they were independent of one another. By the way, there's no environmental issues. There's issues with behavior because all environmental issues stem from, or most environmental issues stem from problems in behavior. Uh, we, we are stewards of our plan. We carry the responsibility of preserving the environment to the highest degree that we are responsible for. Okay. Military and veterans, guns. To be clear, barring, barring a constitutional amendment, I support the right to bear arms under the Second Amendment. However, reasonable regulations that provide for the general welfare of the United States are also part of our constitutional mandate. I support fair gun control legislation that provides a high level of safety for the general public without violating the fundamental right to bear arms. Social Security. Our social security system is eradicated and needs to be fixed immediately. There is only one solution. Raise the retirement age and raise the contributions cap. Okay. Will he take over the United the world? Was it the world or the United States? Um, it was the world. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'll do one more question. And the question is, uh, actually, it's not really a question. It's just uh, something I, went, I was supposed to talk about. It says, talk about the future of 3D printing. I can't really answer that as a question. I can just talk about it. I think there's a future to 3D printing. There. I did it. Now I'll talk about it a little more. That was from Kevin Malmsted. He's been on the show before. Uh, last a while ago on the pigeons, pigeons and curling episode. So if you want to check that out. Oh yeah, I see that I wrote down to stand up while I'm recording this, because one problem with the current lifestyle of people in our society is we live very sedentary lives, and so I wrote down on my board stand while recording. <laughs> And I started sitting down. But I'm going to stand for the rest of the episode, okay? For you, the people. Oh, yeah, so back back to 3D printing. Um, yeah, there's a future to it. It's, it's going to be really big. It's a vet. I'm not going to say that it's going to be in every house. Because that's probably a stretch. But I think there will probably be a fair number of houses that, of just you know, regular people that have 3D printers. Um, but you know, we can begin making stuff much faster and easier um, than we can now. Like I'm talking like custom stuff, like something that maybe it's not efficient to. It's maybe it's not worth it to mass produce it because we don't need very many but you can mass produce stuff with 3D printing if you want yeah so um, 3D printing yeah but we can there's a, there's a future to 3D printing organs and medical devices but yeah here it says uh, at 3dprintingindustry.com, uh, during the next decade, 2020, addictive manufacturing will be increasingly prevalent to become a, a leading production tool. 3D printing perfectly fits the conception of the 4.0 industry and will be and will become unavoidable. A 3D printing solutions as 3D printing solutions will lower production costs, their adoption rate within the industry will increase. People also ask, how will it impact the future? It's becoming, it's being used to pro progress many of the global goals and has the potential to make a further impact. 3D printing is being explored as a major solution for current and future levels of hunger and homelessness. It's also revolutionary in home construction, making it cheaper and more efficient. Um, can you 3D print food? 
All right. Most methods to 3D print food do not cook the food. For example, if you are 3D printing a pizza, the printer will extrude the dough and tomato sauce, but won't cook it. Generally speaking, food 3D printers are best served whipping up intriguing shapes of foods that do not require cooking. What about like no bakes? And then you just throw it in the oven. You print it out and put it in the oven. Here, do 3D printed organs work? I think I know the answer to that. Implantable 3D printed organs could be coming sooner than you think. Without functioning capillary structures, it is impossible to make organs according to math. They're the most vital piece of the puzzle in the quest to print viable hearts, livers, kidneys, and lungs, she said. That's what she said. Oh. Um. I think that's enough of that, about that. Oh, here's an interesting thing I want to talk about. Um. We never truly see ourselves. I know what you may be thinking. Hey, I look in the mirror every day. Hey, I look at a photo or video of me every day. Well, for the second one, that seems a little egotistical, narcissistic, always looking at photos of yourself. No, I'm kidding. But those are mere... That's not really you, though. It's a reflection of you, or an image of you, uh, a concept of what you look like. So you, you you know you know what you look like more or less, but you never get to see yourself really as the observer, like as an outside observer. There really there is there is no there is no way to do it. I mean, the, a mirror is the closest thing. And it's possible to try to get closer to see truly seeing yourself. And uh, that's what you can do when you get farther along in your meditation process. Like in the Waking Up app, there's a little lesson in there that talks about, that has an exercise in there of staring at yourself in the mirror and trying to look past your outside features and look inside at the person that's behind that facade. Trying to look at the consciousness that's using that material body as a vessel. Just interesting to think about. You can do that with other people too. Just whenever, whenever you go people watching next, just look at people and don't try to look at the person. Try to look behind the person, in inside the. Try to look beyond the person. And really try to see. This consciousness, which is directing their cognition, their behavior, everything. Reacting to stimuli. So light comes into the retina. It hits the retina with the rods and cones. And eventually the information is, the input is uh, interpreted by consciousness in the occipital lobe, which is associated with sight. All right. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But this kind of leads me into the next topic that I wanted to bring up. And I wanted to say, podcasting really helps you learn about yourself. 
because it allows you to listen to your voice. Because I mean, you can you can hear yourself when you speak, and you you know what you know more or less what you sound like. But and obviously, it's it's kind of the same thing as looking at yourself, because like you can see a video of yourself, or you can hear a recording of yourself, and you're maybe not quite the same as looking at yourself, but you know there's a similarity. But being able to hear yourself on a fairly regular basis helps you learn so much about yourself because it allows you to see this is what other people hear when you speak to them. Because you never think about that. When you're speaking to someone, you're not thinking, you're not generally thinking about what are they hearing? Like, you know they hear you, assuming assuming they have normal auditory functions. But you don't really get to hear what they hear. Unless you have recordings of your voice, especially talking to other people, but even not. You listen to your voice, talk about anything and everything. It helps you know thyself, as Socrates would put it. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wanted to share was I was listening to a podcast recently, the Joey Diaz podcast. What's it called? I think it's called the the Church of What's Happening. I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, the Church of What's Happening Now with Joey Coco Diaz. Joey Coco Diaz. <laughs> Uh, but you know he brought up an interesting story he talked about this guy and he died and a a figure comes to him and says uh, I'll I'll just make up a name Uh, John John, it's me I'm your guardian angel I'm going to take you I'm going to take you to the afterlife here. And uh, he goes over there and he's had a bunch of fun, you know. He's he's taking a hot girl home every night. He's gambling. He's winning money all the time. He's like, hey, hey, heaven is pretty great. I wish I, I wish I had gotten shot earlier. or I wish I had had that fight and gotten shot earlier. And uh, he said, yeah, and he's shooting coke and uh, sniffing, snorting, I should say. God, and I know so little about cocaine. But uh, he tells them, this isn't heaven. This is hell. Um, so that's... That's an interesting story to ponder upon. So, just think. This guy, he saw, he saw, he he was really want someone that saw money as everything. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm go, I'm going to the casino. I'm 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 one big, and uh, I'm I'm hooking up with all these hot chicks and uh, I'm doing this and this and winning lots of money. Storing coke, you know, having fun. But that really isn't what happiness is all about. Is this guy was talk this guy was simply experiencing many quick pleasures 
of the body sensation of the, that gratify the basic sensations he, he really what he really didn't find happiness through Alright. Okay. Time for the next section of the show. It's science time. Time to read a little article. And time to I thought maybe let's read about something a little a little more controversial here. Uh human photosynthesis. So I'm gonna I don't know what I don't know what where this is gonna take me here. A pharmacologic intensification of the water dissociation process or human photosynthesis and its effect over the recovery mechanisms of tissues affected by bloodshed or diverse etiology. Of diverse etiology. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Abstract, or basically a summary, kind of. The photoreceptor layer of the human retina have several characteristics that are unique. Their unique requirements are the hi- are the highest in the organism. In proportion, rods and cones require tenfold the energy consumed by the cerebral cortex. No blood vessels at all, so where is the energy to this tissue coming from? In this article, we'll describe the hitherto unknown exploit. I don't think this is quite what I was looking for. Um. How about... Let's watch a quick video here. How cool! Hello, this is Hank Green, and welcome to SciShow. You might have noticed that I talk a lot about how great plants are, and why shouldn't I? They're autotrophs. They can harness the raw, untamed power of the sun and use it to make food for themselves. Pretty impressive. So why can't animals do it? Well, oddly enough, some of them do. And in just the past few years, researchers have been discovering animals that seem to be able to harvest sunlight for energy. Take, for instance, the eastern emerald Alicia, a sea slug that looks like a big floating leaf. It lives along the east coast of the United States, where it just hangs out eating a specific kind of yellow-green algae. It's been known for a long time that this slug had a special relationship with the algae, but until recently, nobody knew that the slug was actually using the algae's genes for photosynthesis. See, the slug eats the algae to absorb its chloroplasts, the organelles in the cells that actually do the photosynthesizing. But in order to turn the sunlight into chemical energy, the chloroplasts need a whole set of specialized proteins to help. So the slug has lifted genes from the algae that allow it to make these proteins itself. Nobody's sure exactly how this happened, but we do know that these slugs pass those algal genes onto their little baby slugs, which only need to eat about two weeks of the year. The rest of the time, they're just soaking in the rays. Another photosynthesizing animal is the pea aphid, which, depending on environmental conditions at birth, can be either white, orange, or green. Now, aphids are notoriously weird. Some of them can be born pregnant. Some males are born with no mouths and die of starvation right after mating. So maybe it's not a huge surprise that pea aphids have been found to manufacture their own carotenoids, colorful compounds that plants, fungi, and some algae use to help with photosynthesis. Carotenoids help plants absorb more light and protect their chlorophyll molecules, which make photosynthesis possible. Animals need carotenoids too. Beta-carotene, a precursor of vitamin A, is one you've probably heard of, but we can only obtain them by eating plants that make them. But since pea aphids have somehow acquired the genes to make their own carotenoids, scientists have found that some aphids, depending on their color, can use sunlight to make adenosine triphosphate, or ATP, the same energy-storing molecule that plants create through photosynthesis and that we make by metabolizing food. Researchers have found that aphids with green carotenoids make a whole lot more ATP than white aphids do, while orange aphids make more ATP when exposed to sunlight than when kept in the dark. Weirder and weirder, right? Well, hang on to your hats, because the spotted salamander, common to the eastern United States and Canada, is the first and so far only known photosynthetic vertebrate. In 2010, scientists discovered that these salamanders have chlorophyll-containing algae in their cells all over their bodies, 
and the cells with algae in them actually seem to help power other nearby cells. Again, no one's sure how this relationship came about, but the algae has been found to first appear in the salamander's fertilized eggs, possibly when the embryos are just big enough to feed the algae with their waste, creating a kind of algal bloom inside the eggs. The algae then enter the embryo's body, probably when the nervous system first forms, and they spend the rest of their lives together. All of this is totally surprising because vertebrates' immune systems generally destroy foreign stuff that tries to live inside their cells, but this salamander and the algae seem to be a match made in heaven. So it's good to know that there is indeed an exception to every rule. Now that we know about at least three good examples of photosynthesizing animals and we can start to wrap our minds around how exactly that works, who knows? Humans could be next. Take that, plants. Human photosynthesis, the ultimate answer to the long-term mystery of Kleiber's law, or E equals m to the three-fourths, implication in the context of gerontology and neurodegenerative diseases. All right, Kleiber's law, or E equals m to the three-fourths, is a mathematical e expression known since 1932 that outlined the relationship between mass, or biomass, and the use of energy. It is compelling because it supports a long-standing observation that larger animals appear to use energy more efficiently than smaller ones. For example, an evolution elephant's weight is 200,000 ti times of a mouse, but uses only about 10,000-fold of energy. Thus, a cat, having ma a mass of about 100 times of a mouse, only spends around 33-fold of energy. In other words, the bigger you are, the less energy per gram of tissue you actually need to stay alive. Many facts pertaining to animal size call for the rational explanation for a rational explanation. This paper takes into account that the fascinating relationship between mass and energy use for any living thing is governed strictly by mathematical universal formula across all living species operating in the tiniest bacteria to the biggest whales and sequoia trees. For the first time, we report a capacity for the mammal eukaryotic cells to split, break, or dissociate water molecules through melanin. Even through E equals m to three-fourths was discovered eight decades ago, no proper satisfactory explanation exists. Nevertheless, our multi-layer detailed study on the human photosynthesis on or first found in the human retina and later in the eukaryotic cells may finally unravel this mystery, namely, the bigger you are, the more surface area you have to observe electromagnetic radiation and the more potential exists to use that electromagnetic radiation spectra to perform work. We propose a future application of this theory in the context of human diseases, especially age-related disorders such as retinopathy, cerebrovascular and Alzheimer's disease, and these implications may not, may not only foster a better understanding of the pathobiology of these devastating diseases, but also develop much more effective therapies in the foreseeable future. So, what year was this? This was 2013, Open Journal of Psychiatry. All right. You know, that's that's all the stuff that I planned on talking about. Um I could I could do one more thing though. But what do I want to do? Hmm. That's that's a tough question. Well, how about, uh, oh, And I can't find the song that I wanted. I can find the song, but not... Okay. How about... This is a good one. Okay. Restless on the farm, a boy filled with wonder lest you really meant no harm. 
He changed his clothes and shined his boots and combed his dark hair down. His mother cried as he walked out. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. He laughed and kissed his mom and said, "Your Billy." I wouldn't shoot without a cause I'd gun nobody down But she cried again and she rode away Don't take your guns to town, son Leave your guns at home, Bill Don't take your guns to town He sang a song as on he rode his guns out Stopped and walked into a bar and laid his money down. His mother's words echoed again. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. He drank his first strong liquor then to calm his shaking. Tell himself at last he had become a man. A dusty cowpoke at his side began to laugh him down. As he heard his mother's words again. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. the show uh that's been point counterpoint with kusd university st thomas campus radio and anchor.fm i'm chris wright the host uh peace out fam namaste